believe in yourself god has created each one of us with an immense power to create a difference in the lives of people around us only if you believe in yourself you can reach the goal that you are meant to be and so many times you don't even know where your goal lies you just have to keep walking and knowing i am doing my bit leave the rest to god god takes care of me welcome friends to the entrepreneur speaks I'm your host Kofi Anyemedu. Each week I host an amazing entrepreneur on their journey, successes and challenges. It is my hope that we will learn from their experiences as we all work towards living a life of passion and purpose. My guest today is Deepthi Shankar. She is the founder and director of Safe Campus. She is a trained fashion designer. and a mother of two sons. Dee is the first Indian woman to have trained in Israel in Krav Maga and Kapap, the martial arts of the special forces. She joins me today to share her journey with us. You are most welcome to The Entrepreneur Speaks Dee. Thank you so much Kofi for having me here. It is such a pleasure to be here on your talk show. Let's start off by getting to know you better. Who is D Shanka? <laughs> And how you. was your childhood like? Uh, <laughs> so, um D is uh, somebody I would say who has really lived her life each day as it comes. I grew up in the hinterland of India in a in a godforsaken land called Bihar. I don't know whether you've heard about that or not. My father is an engineer. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so my father is an engineer and he was traveling all over the country and as a child I traveled with him. We joined various schools and various places we traveled with him. And uh, then one fine day uh, in a very small sleepy industrial town I was put in a boarding school and I grew up there. And you know in all these years of growing up and then moving to the big city like Delhi trying to make a career trying to make a life of your own one thing that always stayed in my mind Kofi was as a girl as a woman there were challenges every day in our lives to make decisions to stand by them to get people to support you to help you believe in yourself at every step of life i had to pat my back and say come on go ahead do it doesn't matter whatever comes your way wait i know you can deal with it and you know that is how life was moving on so as d as a person i would say i am a go getter i am somebody who believes in herself and i feel there's nothing in this world that's not possible for any of us to do it's just about how much we believe in the cause and how far are we willing to go to achieve the goals that we have set out for so that's who d is and even today every day i strive to make the best of what i have and to contribute to the lives of people around me so that they don't have to go through a lot of experiences that we talk about that we hear about and especially for girls and women in india i i wish i can do a lot more than i am still doing that's very impressive thank you you, you said as a fashion designer yeah. so at what stage of your life did you decide to go for training in israel and what fueled that decision yeah so you see you know coffee like being a fashion designer you know how it is like the glitz and glamour and the industry and you go around and like you're going around with models and fashion shows and stuff like that that's like really interesting world you know 
And when I finished my studies in fashion, we did a lot of shows and uh, I was doing industries, uh, various places where we were producing garments and I was being a part of a lot of teams that were traveling India and abroad and doing a lot of work. But, you know, at the same time, I every day I was seeing people around me being stifled being not able to say no even when they wanted to being not able to deal with their real selves because they were trying to fit into the social structure that we have at every step you know there's like there's like duality of nature that we have one is that who you are and one is who you are expected to be and that i saw around me quite a lot and because of that i felt that there was a great sense of insecurity in people, the great sense of fear, which used to either express as people trying to dominate other people with loud voices, with choice of words and language, with a very strong body language. Or there were people who were willing to give up and be docile so that they don't get into difficult situations. And both of these extremes, you know, Kofi was like something which just did not, connect with me and I used to start questioning myself why as a as an educated woman as a person uh, who knows what's happening around her as as somebody who who knows how to live and and you know make things happen even then why are we not able to just say a simple no and that made me look for places where I could go and learn how to be strong how to fight back as a woman in in situations if I had to face one and that's how I stumbled upon the courses happening in Israel. So Israel, as you know, is the world leader in safety and security, and they offer various courses on personal safety. So I went to Israel. And when I went to Israel, the world opened up because I saw children as young as four years being put on the mat and trained to first learn to be strong and be able to fight back. Everything else comes later. You want to be a doctor, engineer, scientist, you first have to know how to fight back. Only then you can do anything else. And that, I think, was very important lesson of my life, which made me decide one fine day, pack up my bags, say no to fashion and move ahead and be a self-protection instructor. And that's how Safe Campus started, Kofi. Very interesting, Jenny. Now that you've introduced us to your business, tell us a bit more about that business. So tell us about Safe Campus and what services you offer. Yeah, so uh, Safe Campus, as the name suggests, it's about creating campuses that are safe. And when I say campus, it's a school campus, it's a college campus, any kind of place where children are studying, where education is being imparted, is what I had in my mind. Because as I said, when I saw in Israel children as young as four years being trained, and I saw in India, I was a 30-year-old woman when I went to Israel. And nobody had ever spoken to me, if something goes wrong, how would you fight back? If there is a scene of a domestic violence and somebody in your family creates a situation where you feel uncomfortable, how do you speak up for yourself? When you're walking on the street and people look at you in a way that you don't like, how do you make a statement and say, no, don't look at me like that? No, my parents had never spoken to me. My teachers had never spoken to me about it. None of my friends would discuss what was happening around us because of which there was no immunity. There was no preparation. There was no planning. It was all a surprise. And then every day, the data in India going up, the amount of crime and violence and the amount of you know, mental and emotional turmoil people go through was very, very high. 
So after I came back from Israel, I started training in corporates first. As I was training, you know, during the conversations, every tea break and lunch break, we would have conversations. Oh, really? You're doing such an interesting work, B. Wow, it's so much of fun. And then they would drop their story saying, when I was 10 years old, this happened. When I was in school, that happened. When I was going to college, this happened. So that made me think that children much younger than when they get into jobs and professions they don't have the confidence to stand up and speak up for themselves. So if we really want to bring about a change, we have to go down to schools. And that is why the name Safe Campus, because the schools are a place where children grow as you know, grow their wings and they grow safety as skin over them. Like they are learning Hindi, English, math, science or whatever subjects at an early age, they are also learning how to stay strong and how to be able to speak up for things that they don't like. And that is how I became a social entrepreneur. I like to call myself a social entrepreneur because this is a subject which is very close to my heart, Kofi. And when I started working, I really didn't know that this could be a commercial venture, that, that people would pay me for what I'm doing. It was just something which came from my heart and it just connected with the situations around me. But then now, after six years of my journey as Safe Campus, we work with about 150 schools span India and abroad. And we have the best of the places like the IITs, the Indian Institute of Technology, the IIMs, the best of the schools that you can think of. And, and we've been there for them. And I've seen my children growing from, from um, a young kid to a confident young adult. And that really gives me a great happiness and joy. We really are being a part of people's lives. So that's that's what Safe Campus does, Kofi. So you say you've been running this for six years. Yeah. How has the journey been so far? Ah, it's been a Herculean task, Kofi, because as I said, you know, this is not a, a profession which people look at uh, from a perspective of hiring an instructor of personal safety. Like if I was a doctor, people would come to me and pay my fees. But when I say I teach you how to fight back, I teach you how to speak up, I teach you self-defense, people will say, ah... When there's a problem, I'll deal with it. God for everyone and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and it's so difficult to convince people and say that, that you know, you could pay me and I could take classes and teach you something like this. So I started from a place like that. So initial journey was very, very tough. Being able to really make people think that this is important for you was difficult. But then as we progressed, I found such fantastic leaders and mentors who believed in us, who supported us. In fact, there were some people who really held my hand and walked me through and said, B, you are creating a future and you are somebody who really are bringing about a change in the way people look at the situation around them. So I want to help you and, and reach you as far as possible. And that, Kofi, was a great reward for, for the work that I believed in, you know. And that really helped Safe Campus grow from step to step. So initial two years, I would say, was was just about traveling, was just about meeting people, showing them, them like my portfolio, like this is what I do, this is how it happens, blah, 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 blah. And then after two years, people suddenly start taking note. Wow, this works. Oh, she really talks nice. Oh, really? It makes a lot of sense. It's different. And then I think the, the ball started rolling. That, that's how the journey has been so far. It's been fantastic. Very interesting to note. What has been some of the challenges you've encountered in running Safe Campus? Are there challenges? And if they are, can you share some of them with us? I think, Kofi, uh, there have been like a lot of challenges. The first challenge 
was to have a business model because there was no yardstick there was nobody else doing a business like this there were people who were teaching martial arts like taekwondo karate and they have like lessons and and they charge a certain amount of fees but then here i was somebody who was talking about having a classroom training on how to have mental strength having a classroom training on identifying your emotions and being able to deal with them for example when somebody gets angry and irritated they start abusing people around them they start hitting around them they start being nasty but if we taught our children at a very early stage how to identify that emotion oh i know i am angry so i need to deal with my anger and not show my anger to people around me that would be the key to not creating an unpleasant situation for people around me so i started from there and i saw that children connected with their children started talking about situations children started sharing their stories and then it became a business model but when i started i really didn't know how to go about it how to design my classes who am i going to approach who is going to give me business it was just an open world with no direction so i had to pave my own path that was the first block the second block was when i started expanding initially i was doing it all by myself but humanly not possible to cater to such a large population like india and grow in business so hiring people what kind of people would be willing to work with me would be able to create the kind of impact i'm looking at because i was not looking at martial artists i was not looking at teachers i was looking at passionate people driven with desire to change the world around them and it is so difficult what kind of interview would you have to screen such people and have them working with you you know so so it was really tough so finding people to work for you then training them getting them ready to deliver that was one of the major block i i feel i had and then the rest of course uh, fell in place because once you have a plan once you have a structure so you once you try and test the waters and you know okay this works this doesn't work so i did a r and d for many years before i really got into the the serious business of the work that i do and that r and d really helped me that this is how i'm going to go about it this is what it works this doesn't work so that that kind of really that experiment i would say and i think every business has that that space you know where you have to find your niche and you have to know where i belong and how to carve my niche out there so that has these have been a few challenges i would say and then gradually especially with a country like india your language is also a barrier because we speak more than 35 languages all over the country and like officially kofi like if you have to work in south india you have to know tamil tamil malayalam uh, telugu if you're working in in and around delhi you have to know hindi and english if you're working in the hinterland there are various different languages so that was also a challenge because having a decentralized team from various parts of the country would not work having a team from here would not know the language to go and deliver so i would say in the first 3 years i learned about 15 languages traveling talking wow. to people translating what they are saying trying to understand what they are saying that was a great learning experience very interesting so just as if shared challenges with us i believe there's also been a lot of lessons you've learned along the line can you share some of these lessons with us yeah the biggest lesson i think i have learned is uh, is never give up you know because there there are days which are very very tough and you feel like oh my god how is this going to happen but the business is designed for you to test the waters to 
to work hard towards achieving your targets to see your goal through straight so like there were days you know when i would wake up and the only thing i can see is oh this is what i, I want to do i don't know who i have to talk to i don't know where i have to travel i don't know how it will happen but in my mind constantly i'm just thinking of one thing this is what i'm going to be doing today and god is kind he gives you the signals he gives you light at the end of the tunnel and you find oh wow this guy could work oh this lady is fantastic and that's how i think the biggest lesson i learned was never 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 give up there'll be tough days there'll be good days there'll be bad days but there'll always be light at the end of the tunnel and the second thing i learned was honesty in my business coffee because i never went to people and said okay i'm going to charge you this much no if this, this doesn't work okay let's start that much that's not like selling a a product which is for example a phone i wasn't selling a phone i was selling an emotion i was selling a thought process a concept and there was no price tag to it so the only thing that worked was honesty i walked into people's offices coffee honestly this is how i did it i walked into people's offices and i said this is what i do this is what i want to do now tell me how is this going to happen because i want to work with you and then those heads of the institutions and those leaders you know they would sit down with me okay let's plan it like this okay can we work like that and you know that's how it evolved and evolved and people believe in you when you are honest people believe in you when they see that you are truly committed to the cause that you stand for so my learnings i would say the three most important learnings the first is never give up the second is believe in yourself know whatever is happening whatever you are doing is towards the goal the purpose that you have set out to achieve and the third is be honest be truthful because one moment of lie might might get you some work but in the long run it's going to damage the identity you are trying to create it's going to tarnish the image that you have created for yourself so these three learnings i think are very important for for any business thank you very much for sharing this with us now we'd like to know what really inspires you what inspires you to do this ah uh, what inspires me to do this you know kofi that's such a tough question to answer to be honest with you because you know like uh, i've had so many personal experiences growing up as a girl in india there were times when i felt like why am i a girl you know because the challenges at every step my parents would be worried if i have to go out i was a very sports loving person so i would play i would be out playing with my friends in the evening i grew up in a boarding school so so you know even if we were going out for a trip or a an excursion you know the teachers would be worried to be careful don't go here don't go there don't talk to these people don't talk to that. so at every step we had the do's and don'ts handed over to us because safety was a very very big concern in our everyday lives it's like the subtle undertone you know nobody talks about it but it is always there nobody teaches you how to do it but it is always a concern so it's like i i felt like if it was like maths you teach me how to do 2 plus 2 so next time i'm not going to come to you and ask what is 2 plus 2 but in terms of safety nobody teaches us how to okay this is how it works rule number 1 rule number 2 rule number 3 it never happened like that so that inspired me to do something like this because i felt when i from such a family background did not have courage to face the situations in my personal and professional lives think of the people in in my country you know we are a vast population and most of the crime and violence happens in the lower segment of society those people who do not have that kind of education that kind of support from the family they can't even go and complain 
the data is 80% unreported in my country and that gave me the strength to say don't wait for things to happen and react prepare yourself before they happen because god helps those who help themselves and that has been something that has been motivating me we are confronted with this pandemic the covid-19 pandemic and just as it affects us individually i believe businesses are also affected has the covid-19 pandemic affected your business in any way so kofi to be honest with you in india uh, covid-19 hit in march and uh, i work with schools the academic session here starts in april and finishes in march so all the new projects the new work starts from the 1st of april the 1st of march we were declared under covid-19 and from a business that was working fantastic overnight we were at zero business because all the schools closed down all the institutions closed down even today after 8 months of corona hitting india the schools haven't reopened and when children are not coming to school my work was was 90% you know in person touch feel you know, and we cannot do that now because that's the primary premise of you know spread of covid-19 so we had no work technically zero work zero business zero revenue overnight we did not know what to do it took me about 2 months the whole of march the whole of april i thought 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 what am i going to do how are we going to survive because we are a new company being able to hold on to the entire team paying the salaries bearing the expenses being able to stay sane in these situations was very very tough but we stuck to each other and we knew that we have to sail through this we took 2 months to settle down and think about it and by may i was up again with the online sessions and classes that we have now been doing we work with a lot of schools now and we've been doing the online sessions in terms of safety we've been doing some corporate workshops also we've been doing in person classes also and gradually we found our toehold people started accepting the new normal people started understanding and then initially people were not paying us it was like we were doing online classes but like pro bono but then gradually people realized the pro bono pro bono does not help you pay the fees pay the bills so how do you go about it so then gradually it changed and i'm happy now coffee that things are a lot lot better definitely it's nowhere close to the kind of business we were doing before the pandemic hit our country but i'm very very hopeful that very soon we are all going to be back to the way of life we had earlier So can you walk us through a typical session with the kids? What exactly do you teach them? Yeah, that's a very interesting um, thing to talk about, you know. So what we generally do is like my my sessions are designed ideally for 45 minutes to 60 minutes. And in a 60 minute lesson, the first 15 minutes is what I call a case study. So I pick up a subject, for example, my subject for today is gender equality or gender sensitization whatever name you want to call it so first 15 minutes is going to be any case study from any part of the world we give them a story and say okay this is what happened we portray the real life scenario through a role play through a video through a storytelling and then we ask the participants to identify the situations in the story what happened what what went wrong give us five things that could have been different had we thought differently so we make them think 
once they start thinking the mind opens up and they start talking about it or oh, this happened to me or similar story happened with me or oh, my mom was in a similar story some day and they start connecting that case study with themselves with their personal lives i feel this is this is a great connect because this helps my participants open up and have a one on one relationship with the instructor to help them heal with if they have any scars of previous experiences or it helps to empower them and helps them believe that if at all it happens with me i know how to fight back so the first 15 minutes is that the next 30 minutes is going to be a solution to that situation which is practical which is real it could be mental it could be physical depending on the kind of topic we are taking so if a gender sensitization is being discussed so what are the steps to be taken how you can start affecting your immediate environment what are the stereotypes you have experienced and how do you break them so we talk about all of that we work on solution finding programs so there are tabletop exercises there are group exercises there are physical exercises we do with two team building and then after 30 minutes the last 15 minutes is the value based learning the value based learning is drawing inference from what we did plus what are those values that we develop within ourselves which helps us become a better human being so that we are not one of those people who impacts or creates a situation for people like what we discussed in the class today so if i am talking about gender sensitization my participants are going to tell me from today onwards i'm going to ensure that i do not differentiate between people based on their gender i will ensure that i go and talk to my parents and my siblings and my friends i i ensure that i i'll start a, a social media campaign so that kind of you know resolve to be a part of the solution is what comes in the last 15 minutes which is very activating which is very uh enhancing in the way the person looks at that situation which has been discussed in the class and i ideally take a batch of not more than 20 to 25 people so that i have one on one conversation at least once during the one hour so that we are able to connect at a higher level and impart the kind of learning we really are looking at so that's how a session ideally looks like what would be your advice and last words to my listeners <laughs> I think that's what I started with Kofi and I would like to end it with the same believe in yourself. God has created each one of us with an immense power to create a difference in the lives of people around us. Only if you believe in yourself you can reach the goal that you are meant to be. And so many times you don't even know where your goal lies. You just have to keep walking and knowing I am doing my bit. Leave the rest to God. God takes care of each one of us. Thank you very much, Dee Shankar, for sharing your experiences with us today on the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. We wish you the very best. Thank you so much, Kofi, for having me here. It's been such a pleasure to be a part of this conversation, and I wish you all the best. And I wish your podcast a great success. I wish all the listeners. learn and grow with every episode that you come with thank you very much this has been another exciting episode of the entrepreneur speaks podcast i'll come your way next time with another interesting episode i remain your host kofi anyemedu stay safe 
and let's continue to keep hope alive. Cheers.